the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home on 101.5 Word FM. And now here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Dig you. Sun is shining. Temperatures are warm. Snow is melting. Feeling good. Feeling now I'm have my microphone on. Feeling good, yeah, yeah, right. It's nice, isn't it? Yeah. Do you are you leading in thinking that it might be the appropriate time for me to tell you, John? Tell me what. Your weekend has begun. Ah, uh, yes, it has. It's five minutes past the four o'clock on a Friday afternoon. Truly, all is right and well, at least in this corner of the world. Yeah. We thank you so much for your uh, comments and feedback about our conversion series, which has gone on every day this week in the 5 o'clock hour. Mm -hmm. And it concludes today. Uh, We'll be hearing the story of Pittsburgh Pirate Manager Clint Hurdle, 5 o'clock hour. Um, uh, And uh, that is among four of our other friends that we can't – whose stories we can't wait to share with you. Very nice. 5 o'clock, yeah. We're going to go back to back to back to back to back. Yes, we are. Mm -hmm. Amazing stories uh, coming out of Michigan State, and by amazing, I don't mean good. Heartbreaking. So this has been, if you've been reading along at home, have you? Uh, Larry Nasser, who was a former physician and medical doctor for many years at um, the International Olympic Committee and um, the University of Michigan. Um, this past week, 150 young women stood in a courtroom. 150. And they detailed their stories and had a conversation, well, I should say a monologue, to Dr. Nasser, to Larry Nasser. And at the end of that trial, he was sentenced to more than 175 years in jail. He'll never see the light of day. Now, of course, before that trial, he was recently sentenced a few months ago to 60 years in jail on more than 37,000 images of child pornography on a computer. So this goes on and on and on. But truly, this is I think the judge said this. This is probably the most prolific child abuse case, child abuser in the history of the United States. So today, more sort of blowback from Larry Nasser mm-hmm. that uh, earlier this week, uh, the president of the University of Michigan stepped down. And then today, the athletic director has stepped down. Tom Hall or Mark Hollis. Amidst other charges of who knew what, when, mm-hmm. and why weren't authorities called sooner. Which is hard to understand because um, the conduct of Larry Nasser was first reported by two teenagers to Michigan State University head gymnastics coaches in 1997. 21 years ago. He was not apprehended or stopped until recently. More than 200 women have alleged that he abused them. 200 women. And... What is what blows my mind even more is that at least 14 coaches, trainers, psychologists, or colleagues had been warned of what he was doing. Right. Now, what because of what happened at the University of Michigan, 
um, this could be deeper and wider, the recriminations and the ripples of who knew what mm-hmm. when, more so than Penn State. And, of course, we know yeah. that case well here in Pittsburgh. There's no way that you can compare one case to another and say, oh, this is worse or that one's worse. They're all horrific. I think the difference here is that this one is more wide-reaching and affected more people number-wise. It doesn't mean that it's any worse. It just means that it's larger. But I think think initially what caught your attention was these were, you know, some at the highest order – you know, some Olympic gold medal athletes. Right. And then it goes down to little girls, yep. 12 years old. And, of course, it goes across all sorts of elite, not just Olympic gymnasts, but rowers, volleyball players, you name it. Anyone who came in contact with uh, women's collegiate sports and Michigan State, this is Dr. Nasser's domain. Now listen to this. A Title IX probe conducted by the university cleared him of sexual assault allegations in 2014. Hmm. He was, though, advised by the school to avoid being alone with patients, right? But the school didn't follow up to enforce that request, and at least 12 reported assaults happened after that Title IX probe was done in 2014. And part of the heartbreaking thing is that this assault, this abuse, because he was so esteemed as a doctor with the IOC, is that many of these assaults took place while the parents were in the room. Right. I mean, how shocking and crazy and is that? And it, he wasn't a doctor for the International Olympic Committee. He was for a, a doctor for the for USA Gymnastics. Yes. So now the which I, intersected with right, as an and overlap. the IOC is, is demanding that the board of directors of the USA Gymnastics organization resign as well. Right. Which is the least they could do. Well, there's going to be massive point. repercussions. Now, here. Michigan State has handled this badly from the beginning. In a recent legal filing, and I'm reading here an article in the Chicago Tribune. Michigan State asked a judge to dismiss the cases against the university on technical grounds, not on the merit, not on the merits of the allegations, right? Just on technical something grounds. Something was presented right. poorly the, or something? Because the school says it has immunity under Michigan law and that the majority of victims weren't Michigan State students at the time of the assaults. Now, so, can you believe that? So if 101 were more majority, then exactly. it would be okay. Exactly. We'll so, so Michigan State leadership comes out and says, now I know that sounds disrespectful to victims. It is. It doesn't but, sound, it but is. But listen, we have to look out for Michigan State, right? We have the utmost respect and sympathy for victims, but we have to protect ourselves. Right. That's what that's what they're saying, right? Now, in the tsunami of victims who stepped forward this week, a young woman by the name of Rachel Denhollander, she essentially was the first face right. of the public trial of, of Dr. Nasser, and she was the last voice. She filed the very first police complaint against Larry Nasser in 2016. And as people spoke this week, I mean, it's online. You can see this so easily. And if you want to, if you don't want to invest all that time, the New York Times has put together a sort of a compilation, compilation of, the, of, the, of the accused being told about his crimes. The New York Times has this online. But Rachel Denhollander, what a moving, deeply beautiful speech where she presented the gospel to Larry Nasser in the courtroom. So I believe she was the last voice, like you said. And so the judge allotted her because of her position, because she was the first one to come forward and because she did so much to kind of advocate advocate and, and encourage all these young women to also come forward. The judge gave her 40 minutes to say whatever she wanted to say 
to her abuser. Mm-hmm. So she could have said, she could have called down holy judgment on him. Yeah. She could have F-bombed him from one end to the other. She could have done anything that she wanted to do. She could have said anything. Right. But instead of any of those options, what she said is just, is just amazing. Mike, you have a clip for us? You spoke of praying for forgiveness, but Mary, if you have read the Bible you carry, you know forgiveness does not come from doing good things, as if good deeds can erase what you have done. It comes from repentance, which requires facing and acknowledging the truth about what you have done in all of its utter depravity and horror, without mitigation, without excuse, without acting as if good deeds can erase what you have seen in this courtroom today. The Bible you carry says it is better for a millstone to be thrown around your neck and you thrown into a lake than for you to make even one child stumble. And you have damaged hundreds. The Bible you speak carries a final judgment where all of God's wrath and its eternal terror is poured out on men like you. Should you ever reach the point of truly facing what you have done, the guilt will be crushing. And that is what makes the gospel of Christ so sweet. Because it extends grace and hope and mercy where none should be found. And it will be there for you. I pray you experience the soul-crushing weight of guilt so that you may someday experience true repentance and true forgiveness from God, which you need far more than forgiveness from me, though I extend that to you as well. That's powerful. It's beautiful. It is. Now, at the same time, Larry Nasser complained to the judge that the comments from the women that he had to endure over these five days were hurtful to him. The judge herself should be commended for allowing the full weight of all the victims to be heard. Unprecedented. Rachel Dent Hollander, we only played a few minutes of what she said in her 40-minute address. But the beauty of it to me is that it is both grace and truth, which is what the first chapter of John says Jesus was, is fully committed to holding this man who's guilty accountable, while at the same time, which is unique to Christianity, unique to Christianity, while at the same time offering full forgiveness. There is no other person who has ever lived on earth that told us to do that other than Jesus Christ. There is no one who did that. And there's no one who embodied that. Like he, when you watch that woman say those things to her abuser, you think, and I said this when Mike and I were talking about, I said, that's not normal. That is not normal human behavior that someone looks at someone that did that to them and says, I hope that you feel horribly guilty. And I hope that that brings you to repentance. And I hope you realize that the gospel of Christ will meet you there. Yeah. It's extraordinary. It really is. You know what? I'll post that. I'll post that link on our Facebook page. Okay. You have to read it. I've already tweeted it. I tweeted it out last night. So if you follow me on Twitter, find it there. Just set aside 20 minutes of your day and just watch this young woman testify to who Jesus is. Take a quick break and come back in a few minutes. Uh, We're going to talk during our 5 o'clock hour. This is our final day of our conversion series. We hope you've enjoyed it as much as we have putting it together. 
Stay with us for that. But Doug Bursch from Seattle will join us in a few minutes. 101.5 WORD. Playing Pittsburgh's favorite Christian music on the weekends. With the best new music. New music. New music from Hawk Nelson. He still does miracles. He still does miracles. Real Love by Blanca. And Freedom Hymn by Austin French. This is my freedom hymn. The best new music and Pittsburgh's favorites. 101.5 WORD on the weekend. For so long, I'd had that little hidden sin. It was a secret. No one knew. So I'd convince myself it really wasn't hurting anyone. But but what if my wife or kids found out? Mm, harmless? It would have ruined me. The problem was, who could I talk to? I needed someone I could confide in, but... But this was so personal. Who could I trust? He found someone to trust, and so can you. We're Faithful Counseling, the world's largest platform for faith-based professional counseling. All of our licensed and experienced counselors are qualified and certified by the state board, and many are trained in addiction counseling. But more importantly, we share your Christian values. Available 24-7 by text, messaging, phone, and video conferencing, all from the comfort of your own home. Try it for the first week free by going to FaithfulCounseling.com and use the invite code word TRUST. That's FaithfulCounseling.com and use the invite code word TRUST to get your first week free. Faithful Counseling, we're here when you need us. Discover Eden Christian Academy and discover an exceptional education where solid academics and authentic faith prepare students to step confidently into the future. See what the largest non-denominational pre-K through 12th grade Christian school in the North Hills has to offer. From Whippeo Athletics to Fine Arts, Service Activities, and more, Eden Christian Academy, Christ-centered, student-focused, and mission-true since 1983. Visit EdenChristianAcademy.org. Extreme Car and Truck in Bridgeville has everything you need to protect your car or truck all winter long. Say goodbye to winter grind with an extreme detailing to help preserve the life and look of your vehicle. Got a new car? Protect your investment with TST Rust Remedy, the most effective rust control system you'll find anywhere. And spray-on bullet bed liners offer extreme protection tested in the most extreme conditions known to man. Call the Extreme Team now at 412-257-1006 or visit ExtremeTruck.net. 412-257-1006, ExtremeTruck.net. If you're not in the club, you're missing out. Word FM Discount Shopping Club members get up to half off great deals every day right from your computer or smartphone like today get twice the ice for half the price print skate arena at south point is offering half off public skate punch cards 10 sessions just 45 dollars or half off stick and puck punch cards 10 sessions just 50 bucks print skate arena family entertainment on ice log on now to wordfm.com and look for the discount shopping club link Evangelist and Pastor Doug Bursch is with us. Doug is the former host of Live from Seattle, 8.20 a.m. KGNW from 2010 to 2015. Doug's also the author of The Community of God, A Theology of the Church from a Reluctant Pastor. Doug also travels well and always smells fairly nice. <laughs> Doug, my friend, how are you, sir? Uh, that is an incredibly awkward introduction. Right it is. I've, we've Thank never you. talked about the aroma of any guest. Well, we've traveled together, Doug and I have. Yeah. So you get to uh, understand the person. I have scent. to be honest. In this moment, I'm happy I wasn't there. No, no, you were. You should have been because it was a great trip. Many great trips. 
so good to be on the Kathy show. With, uh, John. <laughs> yeah. so good. I was waiting for that, <laughs> and it's well deserved. That's sweet of you. Yeah. Hey, I want to let you guys know I was listening to your first segment, and I really appreciate what you did there. That's just excellent to bring awareness to a really important issue. Can you believe she did that? Yeah, I, I followed uh, her husband on Twitter, and she's just an amazing woman, and just really uh, the issue of accountability is so important. Forgiveness is different than accountability, and that speech talked about both, of uh, that we give people uh, that there's justice in our culture, there's crimes that deserve punishment, but there's also ultimately we have to stand before our Creator, and there's an opportunity for forgiveness, and she talked about both, and it was amazing. Yeah, it sure is amazing. So, Doug, we brought you on because uh, all this past week we've been doing a series called Conversion, and we've invited people, regular guests, uh, to, to tell their story about Christ in their life. And, um, you know, we always want to hear from you about what uh, goes on at your church and your life. But your story is, is fairly unique as well from a long time ago when you were a little boy. Yeah. Conversion, is this to get you saved, John? Is that the goal? We're, we're working towards that. <laughs> uh, yeah, this is a real honor to be able to talk about this. Uh, I, I grew up in a – do you want me to just launch in a little bit? Oh, yeah, please launch in. Tell us. Yeah. I, you know, I grew up in a Christian home where the home was far more sacred than any other uh, environment I've ever been in. Uh, probably as soon as I could say Jesus, I said yes to Jesus. Uh, I could hear my mom and dad praying in the other room at night when I'd go to sleep. And there was a home full of grace and mercy and love. And I just knew that what they had was different than the world. I'd, I'd go to other homes and other places, and it would feel different. It would feel you know, not as special. I didn't even know how to articulate it. It was a home not about laws and rules and regulations, but about genuine love and kindness mm. and grace. And so, you know, I knew Jesus. And with my testimony, you know, I said yes to Jesus and gave my life to Jesus early. And as people have been raised in the church, you know, sometimes you do that over and over again. I don't know if anybody has that in their testimony, but... You know, no. You know, <laughs> the evangelist, you know, would say, hey, do you want to give your life to Christ? And well, I better be certain here, so I'd do it again. But, uh, you know, I came to this point, though, in that where my life was r- rather successful in the sense of I, I, I love the Lord. I, in school, I was relatively popular in the sense of I was starting on the basketball and baseball and football team. And by the way, that, that means we had bad teams. The fact that I was starting <laughs> meant that we were not good teams. But, um, you know, I was vice president. And this is, this is let's say, this is around ninth grade in, in school, in middle school. I was vice president in the school, which means you didn't do anything. You know, it's the best position. And, but I was a good Christian kid, right? I'm a good Christian kid. I'm doing well. And I'm thinking, you know, this is what life is. I can be a good Christian kid. Yeah. But I got really sick in my ninth grade year, and I got sick to the point where I was, I spent 90 days in the hospital on and off. You know, I go in for two weeks, come out in two weeks, and I missed probably 100, oh, 120, 130 days of school. now I don't even think they let kids move on, but my dad was a teacher there, so they found a way to make me, wow. you know, get me through. And I was on breathing treatments four times a day and all kinds of medicines. And I don't know, know about you with this, but there's whole decades of my life that I don't remember. You know, when you get older, it's like that. You just don't remember anything. Mm-hmm. I'm there. But middle school or high school, there's there can be days or years where you remember everything. It's yeah. just this highly charged emotional time. and. 
And whether it might seem silly to other people, it was a time where everything was taken away from me. If you're sick for a prolonged period of time, suddenly what happens is people forget about you, and especially kids forget about you. And they can only say, hey, I hope you get better for so long. And mm. I began to kind of lose my friends. Right. I couldn't do any of the sports, couldn't go to school. And everything kind of drifted away from me. And I got to this point in my life where I remember this so clearly. It was like 2 in the morning, and I was lying in this recliner chair. And I realized at that moment, no one on the earth was thinking about me. My parents loved me, but they were asleep. That no one on this planet was thinking about me. And I even had that kind of grandiose idea, like if there was a camera in front of me or above me, and it pulled back over my house or over my city or over the world and just kept going farther and farther in the universe, that no one in the universe was thinking about me, that hmm. I was alone, I was sick, and there was no hope. And I remember even feeling even kind of suicidal, not only going to take my life, but the idea, like, what's life for? What's the purpose of this thing? You know, what's the use? And I remember saying to God at that moment, I said, God, you know, I know you're real, but if you're real, and I don't know if anybody's ever prayed a prayer like that, right? You know, I know you're real, but if you're real, I said, I know you're real, but if you're real, would you reveal your presence to me? And I felt the peace of God just rest upon me like a blanket. And I knew at that moment that I would never be alone and I'd never have to be afraid. Wow. And I knew that it didn't matter. It didn't matter in life what I earned, what I achieved, what I accomplished. And for me, it was such a powerful thing because a lot of people, their testimonies about all the good things God has done. But for me, it was when everything was stripped away. I found God. And you know that's our final destination, right? There's going to come a time where we're going to have that last breath moment, right? It doesn't matter what we accomplish in life. As a pastor, I go to people's deathbeds, and there's that last moment. And it doesn't matter what you have. You have to have a peace of God that passes all understanding. And God gave me that as this young man. And that changed the course of my life. That That idea, because I suddenly realized I don't have to work for what everybody else works for. I don't need what everybody else needs because that's not what brings me peace mm. it's the presence of god that brings peace to my life that's fabulous doug mm. so from that time forward even though you knew god and the idea of god changed in your life obviously as a young man it drove you someplace i mean now that you're a pastor you hear other people's testimonies What's that like for you? I mean, how, how do you integrate that faith with new believers or people in your congregation who are struggling? Yeah, well, you know, for me, my struggle is I feel pretty weak. I feel pretty, I'm dyslexic, um, a learning disability where I've, I've always felt pretty, I've struggled with school, hated school. I don't really like being around people. I'm a pastor that doesn't necessarily like people which is not a good thing, mm -hmm. probably. <laughs> people say, well, you're joking with that. It's like, well, no, I don't want to be hurt by people. I don't, I've always been very anxious as a kid, you know. There's, and there was a part of me that loved God, but always felt very intimidated in any environment. Like every, every recital, 
everything I did as a kid was very unsuccessful. I don't know if any of you did piano or violin or yeah. anything like that, but I mean, those were just failures for me. And they were so failures that I mean, I'm not just making it up. They were just, they were profound, like, you know, handshaking, crying, embarrassed. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to serve the Lord, but I couldn't because I just looked like a fool in front of people. And I, and I was angry at God. I remember in college, I was getting a history degree at the University of Washington. I was like, God, why would you give me this desire to serve you? But I can't, I can't do this. I can't, I can't even stand in front of people. I can't memorize anything. At dyslexics, it's hard to memorize anything. I can't. And I remember feeling the Lord said, well, you can talk one-on-one with someone, right? You can have a conversation. I was like, yeah, I can do that. And I felt like the Lord said, well, just have a conversation with one-on-two or one-on-one-hundred or one-on-one-thousand or one-with-four-thousand and just don't memorize anything. Just do it different than everyone else. Just trust me. Be weak. Where you're weak, I'll be strong. And so I decided that that would be my testimony in life, that I wouldn't pretend to be strong, that I'd just be weak. So I went to seminary, and while everybody else was you know, memorizing everything and writing out their sermon outlines and everything, I'd go up in front of the class with a piece of paper with three words on it, and I'd just talk to people, and I'd look like a fool. And I'd trust that the Spirit of the Lord would defend me and that God would be present. And I didn't do that because it's some formula. I did it because that's who I am authentically in Christ. And some people accept that, and some people reject that. But I found that that's the best offering I can give, is my authentic self. And so I don't have the testimonies of others, but no matter how strong your life is, no matter where it comes from, eventually you come to this place where you realize, I'm not enough, I'm too weak. Whether I have a great testimony, or life was great, or it was poor, it's not enough. My parents weren't enough to move me forward. My background was enough to move me forward. I'm too weak to move forward. And so I had to trust God, that God is strong enough where I'm weak. That's even why I wrote you know, this, this book, The Community of God, is I wanted people to know I'm not in community because I'm a strong person, because I'm a bright person. I've been called by faith, you know, in obedience, to place myself into God's hands and into community and to trust that he'll be strong where I'm weak. That's amazing. I really appreciate that. I mean, how many times do we talk? We should really always serve out of our strengths. I think, is that, are we just like taking management speak and, you know, injecting it into the church? Or should we just get used to serving in places that we're weak? Seems intuitive. Yeah, I love that. All right, Doug, thank you so much for being with us. That's Doug Bursch. Co-pastor of Evergreen Foursquare Church in Auburn, Washington. Um, he's the author of a great book, The Community of God, A Theology of the Church from a Reluctant Pastor. Doug, we love you. Thanks. Thank you. Baby, it's cold outside. Baby, it's cold outside. Brr, isn't it chilly? Hi, it's me, Marcia, from the Springhouse, snuggling up to a nice warm bowl of homemade soup. Winter on our farm means my brother Sam and his guys are trying to stay warm as they feed all the groups of cows, calves, and heifers out in the elements, milk the 100-cow herd twice a day, and handle all that comes with a working dairy farm, no matter what the weather is. Winter at the Springhouse store means a little slower pace. So 
it's a great time for our cooks to try out new main dishes, new sides, and new soup recipes like the one I'm enjoying, vegetarian chili. The bakers are even getting in on the act and trying new desserts too, like chocolate cherry cordial. Stop by for lunch or supper and see what new creations they've come up with today. Good old-fashioned cooking featuring all-natural, farm-fresh ingredients and lots of TLC. The Springhouse in 84 PA, 724-228-3339 or springhousemarket.com. I'm Jeremy Schapp. I have Crohn's disease. The Crohn's and Colitis Foundation of America's Take Steps Walk program is dedicated to raising funds and awareness to combat Crohn's disease and ulcerative colitis. To find a walk site near you, visit www.cctakesteps.org. Are you tired of exposing your retirement to stock market risk? How would you like to participate in stock market gains, but never stock market losses? Join Patrick Connolly for Retirement and Income Radio, Saturday mornings at 1130 on 101.5 Word FM. You can also call Patrick now for your free customized retirement and income kit and 115-page retirement and income book at 844-452-SAFE. That's 844-452-7233. Clear to partly cloudy for tonight with a low of 36 degrees. Tomorrow, mostly cloudy but mild. With periods of rain in the afternoon and evening, the high tomorrow 48. Lingering clouds later tomorrow night, low 31. And we'll see those clouds giving way to some sunshine for Sunday, a little cooler for the afternoon. High Sunday, 42 degrees. I'm AccuWeather Meteorologist Danielle Niddle on 101.5 Word FM. Hey, Jay and Laura LaFoon are coming to Pittsburgh, Christ Church at Grove Farm, February 9th, and we are so happy that they're with us on the air right now. Hey, guys, uh, welcome to the uh, the City of Champions. Well, almost. Hey, that is, they, well, almost, yeah. Almost. <laughs> we were hey, rooting for we, we love Big Ben and the Pittsburgh mm. Steelers, there's no question about that, but uh, not their year this year, so uh, looking forward to being with you guys here in February. Thank you. You can help us with our uh, our post-NFL playoff uh, grief that we're experiencing. We need a few laughs. Yeah, we certainly, well, yeah, we need to get out of our communal misery, so you're coming at the perfect time. Mm-hmm. Well, you see, we're from Michigan, and so the Lions, we have plenty of practice with them. <laughs> yeah, you, yeah, you just have... <laughs> NFL season. We work with them. Right. You guys have regular season misery, so that's even exactly. sadder, I guess. Okay, so you guys are coming in. Uh, Christ Church at Grove Farm, February 9th. You're calling it the ultimate date night. Okay, so talk about what people can expect if they've already bought tickets or if they're just hearing about this and they think this could be the perfect thing to take my partner to. Well, we're not calling it the ultimate day night. It is the ultimate day night. Oh, are you? There you go. We do this all across the country, and it's it's 90 minutes of music, comedy, and fun for couples with biblical truth sprinkled in. It is is literally some of the most fun you're going to have with your spouse. We have people tell us all the time, oh, my goodness, we have not laughed together that hard in the longest time. We feel so close and connected because we basically, Laura and I, live our marriage out on stage. And everyone goes, whoa, are you a fly on our on our wall? Because you're a lot like us. Yeah, so what your listeners can expect is to have fun, to laugh a lot, to learn a lot, and to connect together like they haven't in a long time. Very nice. Okay, so then if you're living your marriage out on stage, then everything in your life must be show prep. I mean, how how <laughs> difficult is that? You don't know how true that is. I'm sure. It's not difficult either. That's the problem is... We're just weird people who <laughs> things happen to us, and 
We write it down. We have little books all over our house. Ooh, that's a good illustration. Write that's that down. Write that down. Oh, ooh, that fight was really good. Let's do that again. Or, you know, whatever it might be. It's, it's just what happens. I can always tell when Jay's rehearsing something for a, you know, something happened yesterday and he'll be sitting at the counter and I'm like, what are you doing? I'm thinking about how that'll work on stage. That's I'm right. like, oh, good. Yay. Most, oh. most of our fights, though, right now are, are about one word. That's the word what. That's what? Half, we're, empty, we're empty nesters that's across, you know, halfway across the house. What? <laughs> I know that fight, yeah. Oh, uh-huh. yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay, but what if you fight, like, right before the show? What if you have a knockdown drag out? I mean, are you going to bring that out onto the stage, too? What, what if do you we mean? have a knockdown drag out right before the show, it's going to be a great show. We have learned that um, when we have an argument right before the show, after the argument's over, we'll just kind of look at each other and laugh and go, well, it's going to be a great show. Cause that seems to be the way it works. <laughs> it's a good attitude. Out of it and, uh, well, and, and Satan attacks, and we know that that's mm-hmm. his attack on our, our frail humanity. And I was going to say, you said, what if you have a, <laughs> a knockdown drag out? It's not what if, it's when. And sometimes it'll happen right on stage. Ah, I'm sure. Entertaining too. So That's in some ways, cool. the show is kind of like free therapy for you in front of like a thousand people. <laughs> yes. See, instead of paying someone for therapy, people pay us to live our therapy on stage. That's a good game. That's awesome. Now, is there any time? Is there any time in this in this performance when, if things get bad, either John or I will have to step in? Well, I don't think so. So we won't have to mediate. We won't have to use any like therapy tricks or any like couples counseling no. things we've learned. Nothing. We, we, we might bring you up for you know a firsthand example. Oh no! Oh, oh no! 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 No, no! Please don't use oh, us. Oh dear! Heaven. No, guys, this is all your. This gig. is all you. Yeah. I've got a backyard neighbor. His name's Gene, and Gene says you can use me anytime you want because I'm an example of what not to be in a husband. <laughs> for example. Here's his philosophy. Seriously, he said, I told my wife I loved her on her wedding day. I'll tell her every day on her anniversary. Every year. Every year on her anniversary, and I'll let her know if it changes. And it's like, okay, Gene, no, that's just not going to work. <laughs> okay, so this is coming up, the ultimate date night put on by 101.5 Word FM. Tickets are available on our website, wordfm.com. Coming up February 9th, Christchurch at Grove Farm. You've been hearing the voices of Jay and Laura LaFoon. Hey, you guys, thank you so much for being with us today. Yeah, you sound like fun. Our pleasure. Looking forward to it. 101.5 WORD. Turning Point with David Jeremiah. The Lord wanted the people of Israel to prove him, to test him. You know, everybody says, well, I don't know if I can tie that up, Pastor. You don't know how many bills I have. Well, the best thing you can do about your bills is pay God first and watch God take care of what's going on in your life. Join Dr. David Jeremiah for his series, The Grace of Giving, next time on Turning Point. This evening at 7.30 on 101.5 WORD. Individual results may vary. Sophia went through a lot of tutoring and got minimal results. For her ADHD, she was almost off the charts. None of the typical therapies met her needs. We felt like we were constantly playing catch up. There was great guilt, like I had done something wrong. I hadn't taught my child what she needed to learn. She wasn't functioning in society. I knew, I knew this was gonna be the solution. Brain balance is the answer for your kid because it didn't just mask 
the problems, it actually addressed the issue. That little girl that wants to do well, that wants to please, that wants to make the right choices, is actually able to make the right choices and to please now. This is not my kid anymore. This is this totally different kid. I don't doubt for a moment that I made the right decision in taking Sophia to Brain Mellons. It has completely, completely changed our lives. Why just mask your child's learning and behavioral issues when you can get to the root of the problem? Call Brain Balance today and make a real difference in the life of your child. Call 724-390-9012. That's 724-390-9012. I'm just so upset. I, I'm having so much trouble getting to sleep. Only to wake up in the middle of the night worrying all over again. I'm wearing down. There's no one I trust, no one I can open up to. But I've got to find someone I can talk to who can't keep going on like this. She found help, and so can you. We are Faithful Counseling, the world's largest platform for faith-based professional counseling. Our Christian counselors are all licensed, trained, and experienced, qualified and certified by the state board. But more importantly, we share your Christian values. Available 24-7 by text, messaging, phone, and video conferencing from the comfort of your own home. We'd like to invite you to try your first week free by going to FaithfulCounseling.com and use the invite code word HELP. That's FaithfulCounseling.com and use the invite code word HELP to get your first week free. Faithful Counseling, we're here when you need us. This is Jay Hagerman of Hagerman Law. You had your will done years ago, but a lot's changed since then. At Hagerman Law, we believe it's always good to have a second set of eyes on the big decisions in life that deal with your assets and the people most important to you. We understand the nuances of elder law, issues like Medicaid, federal aid and attendance for veterans, and how they affect your estate and the ones that you love. So let's talk. For legal help that lasts a lifetime, visit HagermanLaw.com. Finding a Christian school that meets your students' needs and your high standards is simple. Visit PittsburghChristianSchools.net and discover Greater Pittsburgh's best Christian schools, links to their websites, location information, and more. PittsburghChristianSchools.net So it's time for the Academy Awards. Right now, John and I have this love-hate relationship with it. Now, and I mean with the actual production of it. Because you know, it's, it gets more and more unbearable every yeah. single year. Because it's always tinged with self-righteous politics. Oh, of course. And like there's, it, it, like, there's so much virtue signaling mm-hmm. that it kind of – like I start to break out in a rash before the production even begins. However, every it. year I go, oh, and I roll my I'm eyes. I'm not going to watch it. And every year – Every single year we watch it. I can't wait, right? I'm always like – I mean we've never missed it. Have no. we ever missed it? Uh-uh. No. No way. Which means we have emotional problems. Of course we do. To talk about those problems. We've invited uh, J.R. Foresteros back to the program. Um, J.R. does all sorts of things. He's a teaching pastor at Catalyst Community Church down in Rowlett, Texas. He blogs at NorvalRogers.com where he reviews films and books. And he's the co-creator and co-host of the Storymen podcast done with a friend of our show, Clay Morgan. And we're so happy to have him back. J.R., what's up? Uh, nothing. I am super excited to be here to talk about the Oscars. Okay, hey, good. Okay, so do you watch the telecast every year? And are, are you? Yeah. And okay, do you do you do it against your will, basically, or do you really love it? No. So there is a wonderful uh, a wonderful tool for those of us who have a little bit of 
uh, anxiety called Twitter. Oh yes, and I love to live tweet the Oscars uh, and just keep like I just keep a window open with the uh, the hashtag trending. Yeah, uh, because it's like you're sitting in a room with three million of your best friends who are hilarious. Yes, that's a good point. That's a good point. You know what, Jr. I don't follow you on Twitter. Uh oh, you better change that. I think I must be missing sure, out. Yeah. Give it out right now, Jay. Uh, Jay, what's your uh, Twitter handle? Yeah, Jay, how can we follow you on Twitter? Tell me. That's it. Just at Jr. Forsteros. Okay. Ready to find. All right. Okay, we'll follow you. Okay, I'm signing up right now. Okay. All right. So, so the season is upon us, yeah. Jr. What have you seen? You know, when you the, the Oscar nominations were released this week, uh, l- let's look at the Best Picture. Right, that's the obvious thing to, t- to do. Um, have you seen everything on the Best Picture list? I've seen just over half of them. Okay. So I saw four that I have not. I have not seen the Post. I've not seen Call Me By Your Name, and I, I kind of have not seen that one on purpose. Uh, I have not seen um, – what are the other two that I haven't seen? Oh, uh, The Darkest Hour, the, the Gary Oldham, Oldham right. movie. Yeah. And, uh, I, I, of course, I'm going to blank on the last one I haven't That's seen. all right. Okay, these are the ones that are up for Best Picture. Best I just picture. found my list. Okay, so uh, – Call Me By Your Name. Call Me By Your Name. So you have or have not? I have not seen that one. Okay, Darkest Hour? Also have not seen that one. I saw it. Okay. Oh, okay. John, what saw did you it, think? Loved it. Gary Oldman's fabulous. Well okay. worth it. Yeah. Okay. Dunkirk. Saw it. See it. Yep. Okay. What'd you think, Jr.? It's great. I mean, I, it's it's an incredibly well made movie that I could not have probably cared less less about. That's exactly how I feel. Really? Well, I, how could you care? Why? Because I mean, it, it's kind of cold. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I wanted and to I really love like, it. Yeah, I wonder if I would have felt differently if I was British. I'm sure I would have. Yeah. Or if it had, you know, if it had been about D-Day or something that involved American troops, I, I probably would have felt differently. Um, John, I'm curious. So I've heard that Darkest Hour and Dunkirk are basically like the two sides of the Atlantic of the same event. Is that true? Yeah, it is true. Um, and the Darkest Hour by far and away is the better narrative of the two stories, without a doubt. Okay. Okay. Yeah, highly recommended. I, mean, I, I, I thought Dunkirk was masterfully done. It was we saw it in uh, real IMAX, you know, seventy millimeter, and so it was it was just a staggering film. It was wonderful. I'm glad that I saw it, um, but I don't, I don't know. I just didn't. Afterwards, I was just like, wow, that was a. It's kind of like riding a roller coaster. I was like, wow, that was so thrilling and exciting and fun. Um, okay, what's next? You know, I, mm. I, I wasn't thinking about it. It didn't linger in my mind, um, but it was masterful. Yeah. Okay, all right. So let let me move on to Get Out. Uh, Get Out's my favorite movie of the year. Oh, I, no kidding. I don't think it will, but I hope it does. Okay, yeah. t- so I don't even know what the uh, what the, the movie's about. So it's a horror film. Uh, it it is about a that's right. I uh, yeah, it's written and directed by Jordan Peele. It's it's a it's a black man who's dating a white woman, and he goes home with her for a weekend to visit her white parents. And it's essentially a horror film where the villain is uh, liberal, kind racism. okay is it it, wait is it funny it is it's super funny uh and and that's one of the things that's so great about the film is it does everything it does very well it's it has a very unique tone and peel has complete control of every moment of this movie at every moment you are right where he wants you to be and feeling exactly what he wants you to feel there there are moments where you're laughing and tense at the same time 
Uh, it was one of those movies that I was pretty sure I had figured out about halfway through it, which always annoys me yeah. when I when I've out when I've outsmarted the movie, and then he totally pulled the rug out from under me, and it was much more uh, horrifying than what I thought. Not in a gory way necessarily, but like kind of in an existential way. And I think honestly, what this film does so well is it it puts people like me who who I'm I'm straight white male, like I'm, I'm at the top of the the privilege ladder, it, it helped me to experience what minority persons experience kind of on a daily basis mm. and to feel what they were feeling in a way that I've never had access to. Oh, that's cool. Okay. Um, yeah. So you know. get out. Yeah. Um, it, it came on the scene. You know, it's kind of funny you say, JR, it was horrific, but it's listed oftentimes as a horror film. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I would 100% classify it as a horror film. Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yes. Okay. Okay. Good. All right. That's, that's, I love horror. Like horror is my favorite genre. So like I mean that as high praise. Yeah. <laughs> You're sick. That's really good. Just okay. Sick. All okay. right. Well, Lady Bird. Yeah. Have you seen Lady Bird? I did see Lady Bird. It was great. Have I you loved all seen it. it? I saw it. I loved it. I just. Uh, I think it was as perfect a film as I've seen in a long time. I just loved it. Uh, John, how old are your kids? Uh, Seventeen and twenty. So like I feel like this was right there for you it sure was <laughs> i've got boys but that 17 year old girl in the middle of the film you can nod your head and go yep 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 i get it yeah yeah i mean I, this was a fairly typical coming of age story i don't know there's there's nothing that i think would really surprise anyone but it's just so well acted so well written so well directed it, it's sort of again if if you don't mind the genre it just executes the genre really really well i agree phantom thread have not seen, oh, that's the other one I have not seen yet. P.T. Anderson, uh, it's allegedly Daniel Day-Lewis's last movie. Right. Uh, he plays the shoemaker. So, Is that right? No. no uh, he's a dressmaker. Yeah. yeah. Come on, shoes, I dress. I was close. I was close. I don't, I don't like, love P.T. Anderson, which I know horrifies movie fans everywhere, but I like him okay. I just I think his movies are a little bit, I don't know, stuffy for me. Yeah. Um, but it's but Daniel Day-Lewis in his farewell performance, so that's a must-see in right. some way, yeah? Yeah. I'm, so I'm planning to see it as soon as I can get to it. It's finally just hit the theaters uh, down here in Dallas. So. Cool. Okay. We're talking to Jarrah Forsteros, teaching pastor at Catalyst Community Church, Rollett, Texas, blogging at NorvilleRogers.com, where he also reviews films and books, and he also co-hosts the Story Man podcast, and he wrote the book Empathy for the Devil. Okay, I, I, we need to get through a couple more of these before we run out of time. You have not yet seen The Post. Um, Correct. And have you seen The Shape of Water? Yes, which that's the forerunner. It has 13 nominations. Which is crazy. I, I saw The Shape of Water last night, and I loved it. Now, I don't think, th- think it's a great film, but it's the most imaginative film of all those, uh, the uh, films this year. I think there are plenty of awards that it could and should win. Yeah. I don't think Best Picture is it. I think I thought it was. I have so many friends that are obsessed with this movie. Really? And I went in, I went into it expecting to be obsessed. I love Guillermo del Toro. I love monster movies. And I, it was ticking all the boxes. And I walked out. My wife and I both. We were like, I mean, that's that's fine. Yeah. You know, it was, and we saw it. But I, I was. I've just been shocked that it's getting so much love. Now, if Guillermo del Toro takes home a Best Director. Uh, trophy. I will not be mad because I love him. Yeah. But I don't know that this is his best film. But it hits these hot button issues of gender and sex and racial equality. There's a lot of weird things that are going on there in the mix that I, I don't know if it was, you know, a timely film or not, but um, it, it does sort of hit the hot buttons here. 
strange that it came out the same year as Beauty and the Beast. Yeah, exactly. Okay, so what, yeah, well, let's go back to the wait, post. Wait, oh, okay, go ahead. Yeah, so go back to the post because I see the ads for the post, and I see you know Meryl Streep and Tom Hanks, and I go, yeah, I think I've seen this film already, but I know it's <laughs> exactly you know. Oh. Exactly. Yeah. I just, I, and again, it's an issue movie, obviously. I think you're probably saying something very important about freedom of the press. But at the end of the day, I don't know. Like like you said, we know this movie. We know how it's going to end. Mm-hmm. We know that it's going to make us tear up in a couple of parts about freedom and whatever. And that's all great. But <laughs> such a softie. Like it, it, it feels like Spielberg's checking boxes, yeah, you know? It does. Yeah. Um, I, you, know, you know when Spielberg is on and then when Spielberg is just like phoning it in. And even Spielberg phoning it in, he knows... He knows how to work the tools, and I feel like that's what that, that's what this feels like just in the ad. And I I have a couple of friends who have seen it, and they said the same thing. It, it, it's fine. It's good. It's, you know. Okay. Okay. Last one. Three billboards. I love three billboards outside of Epping, Missouri. Um, it it's it's a. I, I, have either of you seen it? No. No, but I'm going to see it tonight. Uh, so early in the film, one of the characters is very prominently featured reading a Flannery O'Connor novel. Okay. And for me, that totally framed up this movie. Sure. I'm like, okay, this is a Southern Gothic film. All right. Now, it's interesting because the, the uh, writer-director, Mark McDonough, who's one of my favorites, Seven Psychopaths is one of my favorite movies, um, he's Irish, but he's telling this, like, American South Southern Gothic story. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is, it, you know, it, it, it cleaned up at the Golden Globes. I think it cleaned up at the SAG Awards. Um, it is getting a lot of attention because... The, I think the I think rightfully it's being criticized for how the, the minority characters are treated. Um, the, the the principal characters who are all white are all have these very fascinating arcs. They're all very complex, and the acting is amazing. And all of the minority characters are just sort of there to move the plot along. They're they're not they're not interesting. They're not featured, and so it's it's gotten a lot of criticism, especially it's gotten so much awards attention. I don't know. Like they made my best films of the year list, but I did I did put it further down than I wanted to just because I, I didn't think it was a perfect film for a lot of those reasons. What about Frances McDormand's performance? I mean, she's she is a complete powerhouse. All of the buzz mm-hmm. you're hearing about her is 100% her. Okay. Fabulous. Okay, JR, our time is like almost gone. I so sorry okay. brought you in. So okay. what are you watching that's streaming that you go, yeah, we, we got to check this out? I just started Godless on Netflix. Oh, yeah. What's that like? A Western. It, well, I love Westerns yeah. also. I think that uh, particularly when Westerns comment on religion, it's done very well. Uh, it's just so interesting. There's so many. There's so much ground for that because I think the whole idea of the Western is it strips away civilization, mm-hmm. and so you're left with like sort of naked humanity, and there's plenty of poignant places there to talk about religion, mm-hmm. and it's it's very interesting. I'm only I'm only one. They're, they're like it's a mini series. I mean, they're six hour long episodes, so I'm I'm one episode through. But I'm I'm totally hooked. I think it's great. Okay, Godless. how about uh, John? And I started watching the marvelous Mrs. Maisel. Have you seen it? Oh, that was wonderful. You I know, finished it. Yes. I loved it. Okay, so I haven't finished it yet. I it, the production of it is just so outstanding. But what I find interesting is that the comedy, which is supposed to be the heart of it, I don't think is funny. The stand up at the yeah, club. I don't. I don't get the, interesting. Yeah, I don't like the stand up. It's not funny to me. But so it's hard it, to replicate. So that. I guess if anyone's if anyone's listening to the show and they start to watch it and they think this isn't funny, it's not just about that. It's a it's about a, a greater perspective on that era. Oh, it's just. Wow. Yeah. It, it, it deserves the awards it's gotten. Hey, JR, thank you so much Thanks for being with us. Always a pleasure to be on with y'all. Thank you so much. All the information about JR Foresteris available right now on our Facebook page, The Ride Home with John and Kathy.
Proverbs 17.22 tells us that laughter doeth like good medicine. It's true. Scientists discovered that when a person laughs, their body actually releases endorphins into the bloodstream. These tiny hormones actually increase the body's ability to heal. So here's a question. When was the last time you had a good laugh with your spouse? I mean a really good belly laugh. Hi, we're Jay and Laura LaFoon, and we'd like to invite you to our ultimate date night, where you'll spend 90 minutes with your spouse laughing like you haven't laughed in years. Since 1996, we've been traveling the country using our unique style of marriage edutainment to seamlessly combine humor and biblical truth. So join us and have a great laugh with your spouse. Word FM presents The Ultimate Date Night with Jay and Laura LaFoon, coming February 9th to Christ Church at Grove Farm. Tickets just $42 a pair. Special VIP package including dinner also available. Keyword date night at wordfm.com. What they'll do is they'll come in and quote you a high price to start, and then they will price drop until you say yes. Energy Swing Steve Rennekamp on why some companies resort to high pressure when selling windows and doors. They don't want you to talk to anybody else. They don't want you to be educated in making your decision. Do some homework. Look at reviews. Don't take everything they say as gospel. If they tell you we use our own people, ask for verification of that. Energy Swing has a lot of very positive reviews. Everybody on your property is an Energy Swing employee, totally covered by our workforce compensation program. We don't resort to pressure because we want them to feel comfortable. When people make a decision to go with us, they feel that we are going to deliver on what we promise. And we've got the history to prove that. Better Business Bureau Ethics Award three times, the reviews we have online, the experience of all our customers is verification that we do the right thing. Right now, get $200 off every window, $500 off every entry and patio door, plus 5% off for word listeners only. Visit EnergySwingWindows.com. Extreme Current Truck in Bridgeville has everything you need to protect your car or truck all winter long. Say goodbye to winter grind with an extreme detailing to help preserve the life and look of your vehicle. Got a new car? Protect your investment with TST Rust Remedy, the most effective rust control system you'll find anywhere. And spray-on bullet bed liners offer extreme protection tested in the most extreme conditions known to man. Call the Extreme Team now at 412-257-1006 or visit ExtremeTruck.net. 412-257-1006, ExtremeTruck.net. Discover Eden Christian Academy. And discover an exceptional education in which solid academics and authentic faith prepare students to step confidently into the future. Christ centered, student focused, and mission true since 1983. Visit EdenChristianAcademy.org. All right, so you're just movie man. Well, this is the season. Right, and you got to act fast because the movies are going to quickly disappear. Because you want to be in the know, you know. You do want to be in the like, know. Sort of doing your, your and, pregame and, work. And all I can say is, I just wanted to ask Jr. about the Greatest Showman because that's the oh, only, yeah, the yeah, only yeah, yeah, yeah. movie I've seen. But you know, time was short, and I was trying to focus right. on the Academy Awards and like be a good radio host and yeah. all that. But let's be honest, that's the movie I want to hear about. The Greatest Showman. Okay, it's on my list. Is it on your list? Oh yeah. Okay, I'm good. Because you need to see it. Maybe like you love a... Hugh Jackman. You're the one that taught me to love Hugh yeah. Jackman. I would see it. Uh, so we have this movie pass thing now, which is ten bucks a month for a movie a day. I can't believe that. Which is like the greatest. I, I, I'm waiting for someone to like tell me it's a scam. But we tried it last night and it worked. I couldn't believe it. Ten bucks a month. It's just amazing. They send you a little, you know, a little debit card, a movie a day. I'm, anyway, I'm going to go like on a Saturday or like an early morning matinee. Yeah. Maybe by myself. That's good. And see that. That's good. That's good. At I went at eleven. Okay. Yeah. How was the crowd? 
It was completely full. What? But it was on Martin Luther King Day. Okay. So, so a lot of people off. had off. Because so. generally the movie you know, wasn't like, wow, this is a great – but then right. the buzz well, came what out. What was strange is it got panned at first by critics. Yeah. But then once people, regular people started to see it, it just took off. So it's the story of P.T. Barnum? Right. Mm-hmm. Right. But in reality, when you, it's more the story of Hugh Jackman, Hugh Jackman <laughs> is really what it is. Yeah. Because P.T. Barnum – was a horrible, horrible guy. Yeah. So what they've done is they've taken the the circus part of P.T. Barnum and some of the history, yeah. and they've really meshed it with Hugh Jackman's life. Oh, really? And that's, and that's what that's what the story is. We love Hugh Jackman. I mean, well, you're going to love him a lot more once really? you see this. It's so good that PETA people are going to see it. No. Yeah. No yeah. way. Yeah, because they used they, all they, they used, killed the circus. They used all CGI animals. Oh, no, they did. they did not. They did. What? Yeah, they did. Oh, what? Now, there's not many animals in it. There are only two scenes that have animals. Like a circus scene? It's about the circus? Right. Mm-hmm. So they, they did use CGI animals. Okay. What's the film, uh, The Greatest Show on Earth? Did you ever see that film? I think it's like no. a 1950s movie. Is, I think is, is Tony a, Curtis is, is in that. Is it about Ringling Brothers? It's about the big top. I think okay. it's an unnamed circus. I remember watching this as a kid. Tony Curtis is in this film, and he plays an aerialist, someone, you know, an aerialist. Yes. And he falls. I remember always being fascinated by this as a kid. He falls from his perch, and the rest of the film, he has a, what they, I don't know if this is true, a dead arm. So he kind of walks around like with his limp arm and pining to be back up in the sky. There's no limp arm or pining in this one. No, but there's a lot of songs. A lot of oh, singing? yeah, it's a full musical. Is it? Yeah. What, so there are 10 songs, I think? 10 songs. Yeah, just about. Yeah. So then we'll get to see Hugh Jackman at the Academy Awards. Right? Which will be the single best thing right. about the Academy Awards. Or maybe Pink will sing the song as she flies around the arena. No, she wouldn't be nearly as good as what's her name. <laughs> is she at the Super Bowl? Pink is. No, Justin Timberlake. Justin Timberlake. Oh, okay. Well, she'll probably crash in as well. Because who doesn't like herself a trapeze? That's Pink. Sharing the word that changes the world. 101.5 WORDFM Pittsburgh, a service of Salem Media Group. With SRN News, I'm Keith Peters in Washington. President Trump has aired his complaints about the news media on the stage at the World Economic Forum in Davos, Switzerland. As a businessman, I was always treated really well by the press. You know, the numbers speak and things happen, but I've always really had a very good press. And it wasn't until I became a politician that I realized how nasty, how mean, how uh, vicious, and how fake the press can be. The president's comments came during a question-and-answer session with the founder of the Global Forum. Meanwhile, the New York Times reports that President Trump demanded the firing of special counsel Robert Mueller last June. Mueller is leading the investigation into whether the Trump campaign coordinated with Russia to try to sway voters in the 2016 election. Trump has dismissed that report as fake news. On Wall Street, the Dow up by 224 points. The Nasdaq rose 95. The S&P advanced 34. This is SRN News. The Ride Home with John and Kathy, driven by Calusi Chevrolet, the nation's oldest Chevrolet dealership. If you're a mom or dad of a child who struggles, you've searched high and low trying everything you can. From tutors to counselors, specialists to pills, you've tried them all with little success. You need to know there is a program that has helped tens of thousands of kids just like yours. 
Brain Balance Achievement Centers can make a real difference for your child. Brain Balance is a drug-free solution that deals with the root cause of issues like ADHD, dyslexia, audio processing, and behavioral challenges. Our combination of sensory motor exercises, academic skill building, and a clean eating plan doesn't just mask the issues, but gets to the root of the problem. If your child has trouble making friends, is disruptive in school, or is frustrated to the point of tantrums, now is the time to call Brain Balance Achievement Centers. Learn more at brainbalance.com or call 724-390-9012 today. Yeah, traffic. It is what it is. Missed concerts, football games, lots of cold dinners, and cold shoulders from Cindy. How much longer do I have to do this? Kids miss me. Cindy misses me. Our marriage is missing me. With a financial strategy from Kurt Knodek. Then I heard Kurt Knodek on the radio again. Retire sooner than they planned. Retire sooner. I called Kurt. We talked life, family, retirement. He had my numbers. Then Kurt pulls out this retirement plan, personalized for me. Look at that. Retirement wasn't that far off as I thought it was. Now the only thing I'm missing? The traffic. Do you need a financial strategy for retirement? Let's talk. Accurate Solutions Group. 800-360-1645. That's 800-360-1645. Investment advisory services offered through Accurate Investment Solutions, Inc. It's a new year. Time to eat right, get healthy, and quit radon for good. U.S. radon professionals remind you that only smoking causes more lung cancer deaths. Nearly half of all Western PA homes have this silent killer. And just because your neighbor doesn't is no guarantee you don't. Get your home tested. It's cheap, easy, and if you need mitigation, U.S. Radon Professionals doesn't cut corners to ensure the safety of your home guaranteed. If you can quit smoking, you can quit radon at usradonpros.com. Are you a member of the Word FM fan club? If not, what are you waiting for? Members of the Word FM fan club get early bird information on local concerts and events, as well as exclusive discounts, free perks, and big giveaways for fan club members. Sign up now. It's free at wordfm.com. Sponsored by Trinity Jewelers, Mount Nebo Road. Celebrating life's closest relationships. The Word FM fan club at wordfm.com. Clear to partly cloudy for tonight with a low of 36 degrees. Tomorrow, mostly cloudy but mild with periods of rain in the afternoon and evening. The high tomorrow, 48. Lingering clouds later tomorrow night, low 31. And we'll see those clouds giving way to some sunshine for Sunday, a little cooler for the afternoon. High Sunday, 42 degrees. I'm AccuWeather meteorologist Danielle Niddle on 101.5 Word FM. If I told you my story you would hear hope they wouldn't let go and if i told you my story you would hear love but never gave up good afternoon and welcome our five o'clock hour of this friday show our five final stories conversion stories 
And we welcome you today because we have been so excited all week long to hear the different tones, the textures, all the voices that have been with us throughout this week talking about Christ in their lives. If you haven't heard any of our previous shows this week, um, we decided to put together a series that was different. And by different, you know, it's not John and I interviewing people. It's not us asking the questions. It was simply us calling 25 people that you hear regularly on our show, people who we consider friends, people that we respect. And we asked them, would you be willing to come to the station or would you be willing to call on the phone and would you on your own tell your story in your words? So over this next hour, we'll hear the voices of John Kessler, Brian Dykema, Clint Hurdle, Frederica Matthews Green, and Greg Clugston. If you've heard our show for a few years, we've been on the air. You know those names. Yep. You know those voices. And they've passed through. So stay with us. We'll take a quick break, come back, and reset John Kessler, Brian Dykma, their conversion stories next here on The Ride Home with John and Kathy. WORD. Next time on PowerPoint with Jack Graham. A true Christ follower is committed and submitted to the Word of God and the will of God as revealed in Scripture. Psalm 119. I love your law, O God. Tune in next time for PowerPoint with Jack Graham. PowerPoint tonight at 930 on 101.5 WORD. Here's some great news. If you missed the deadline to sign up for health insurance, or more importantly, if you signed up for a plan that you're just not happy with, you still have a choice. It's called MediShare. MediShare is a Christian healthcare sharing program that's been around for 25 years, and they have hundreds of thousands of members all across the country. And get this, over the years, MediShare members have shared more than $1 billion of each other's medical bills. Best of all, you could save a lot of money with MediShare. The typical savings for a family is about 500 bucks a month. Your savings could be more or less, but think about what you could do with that extra money. Think you're stuck with a high-cost health plan that doesn't have a lot to offer? Well, think again. You can join MediShare anytime, so call them today and check it out. Here's the number to find out more, and there's no pressure. They're super easy to talk to. 844-41-BIBLE. That's 844-41-BIBLE. 844-41-BIBLE. Hey, welcome back. Uh, Marsha is with us from the Springhouse. And Marsha, happy anniversary to you, to everybody at the Springhouse. It's a good weekend, isn't it? Thanks. It is a great weekend. How are you guys today? Well, we're always happy to talk to you, Marsh. Tell us how you're celebrating this great anniversary, yours and your family's. Okay. Yeah. So we're having um, $3 gallon of milk all weekend long. We've nice. got 42-cent loaves of bread. And then on Sunday, we're having our 42nd anniversary ham and turkey dinner. Mm. And it is uh, 12:42 and includes our own hickory smoked ham and turkey and stuffing and turkey gravy, mashed potatoes and all the fixings to go with it. So the whole thing is 1242. It's a good deal. Good time to come out in this crazy January, January weather and enjoy the farm and homemade from scratch food. Nice. You think of 42 mm-hmm. years, Marsha, at the farm That's with the so spring great. house. How many thousands and thousands of people? Any idea? I mean, you know how McDonald's does 1.9 <laughs> billion? What does the spring house do? I wish that we could have a number on that. I'd like to ask the question instead, how many people's lives have been made better by the Springhouse chocolate milk? Oh, oh by the chocolate milk. 
So many people are happier than they would otherwise be. Yeah. Well, Marcia, happy anniversary to you and all the family. We yeah. love the spring house. It looks like a lot of fun this weekend. It's a new year and a big year here at Calusi Chevrolet because the team at Calusi is entering their 100th year in business. Hi, this is Tun Chilkin from my friends at Calusi. As the new year rolls in, so do the huge savings on the entire line of Chevy cars and trucks. Right now, you can save over $9,600 on select 2018 Silverado pickups with supplier pricing. See dealer for details. And remember, they're easy to find online at Calusi.com. Chevrolet, find new roads. This is Robin Trzynski of the Original Mattress Factory. Interested in that half-off mattress sale? Don't be. Most retailers are just promoting half-off a completely made-up price loaded with huge markups. At the Original Mattress Factory, we have never had a sale. Our hand-built quality and value are there every day, and our prices don't change. So take your time and purchase only when you're ready. Don't buy into the half-off sale hype. It simply isn't real. The Original Mattress Factory. Thoughtfully made. Honestly priced. Dr. John Kessler is chair and professor in the Division of Applied Theology and Church Ministry at Moody Bible Institute. He's the author of a bunch of books, including The Surprising Grace of Disappointment, Finding Hope When God Seems to Fail Us, and The Radical Pursuit of Rest, Escaping the Productivity Trap. And here is John's story. Hi, this is John Kessler. I grew up in what these days is usually called an unchurched home. And as a rule, my parents didn't go to church at all except for funerals and weddings. My conversion experience pretty much happened in two stages. The first stage was when I heard the gospel for the first time. It happened at a little Baptist church that was about a block away from our house. I'd been invited to attend their midweek children's club there. That's where I first heard about the dangers of hell and the hope of heaven. And I heard about it in a straightforward and unadorned way. The person who was speaking said that because of my sins, I deserved hell. But he also said that Jesus paid for those sins by taking God's punishment for me. The speaker said that if I received Jesus, I wouldn't have to go to hell, but I could go to heaven. By the end of the lesson, I was sure everyone around me could hear my heart pounding. He wanted us to raise our hands if we wanted to trust in Jesus. And I did. I prayed the prayer along with the group leader, and a few days later I received a letter from the pastor congratulating me on my decision. But I never felt like I really fit in with the other kids and didn't go to church regularly, so I stopped attending that midweek club. As a result, despite my decision, I pretty much lived like a pagan. The second stage came several years after that. It was the year after I graduated from high school. I was working the midnight shift at a jack-in-the-box restaurant. I was thinking about my future and about the nature of life. During my breaks, I would go into the back room and read the Gospels. I felt powerfully drawn to the Jesus that I read about there. He didn't seem anything like the kind of Christianity that I had seen in the Baptist church. As I read about Jesus coming to the disciples and calling them to be his followers, I found myself wishing that Jesus would do that for me. And yet, at the same time, I was struggling with issues in my life. I didn't know what I wanted to do. One night as I cleaned the restaurant, I was 
carrying on a silent conversation with God. I said, God, if you're up there, I want you to know that I wish I had never been born. As soon as the thought formed in my mind, I noticed that there was somebody waiting at the drive through window. It was a guy named Dave. Someone had told me that Dave was a Jesus freak. Dave didn't say anything as I waited on him. He just sat in his car and grinned at me. He paid for his order. And when I gave him his change, he handed me a small pamphlet. And he asked me to read it. And on the cover of that pamphlet, it said, If being born hasn't given you much satisfaction, try being born again. The days that followed, I continued to read the New Testament. I remembered the gospel message that I'd heard at that Baptist church near my home. And I prayed the prayer that I remembered, asking Jesus to come into my life. And it was really at that point that I determined that I would become a serious follower of Jesus Christ. I started to visit the church that sponsored the coffee house where Dave and the other Jesus freaks hung out. And eventually, I began to preach there after a while. I don't think I preached very well, but there was something about the experience that convinced me that I wanted to devote my life to the ministry of the Word of God. I did then, and I still do, and I'm still following Jesus. That was the voice of Dr. John Kessler, chair and professor in the Division of Applied Theology and Church Ministry at Moody Bible Institute. And coming up next, Brian Dykema. Brian is the program director for work and economics at Cardis and senior editor with Comment Magazine. Here's Brian's story. My name is Brian Dykema. I was born in November 1982 and baptized four weeks later. I don't remember it. Um, There aren't even any pictures of the day. My parents, in fact, forgot the camera and only got around to taking pictures of me in my gown about a month later. But I do know that during my baptism, the minister spoke about how baptism signifies the washing away of my sin, my burial with Christ, and the fact that I'm raised with Christ into the newness of life. This simple ceremony was performed on me when I was incapable of pretty much anything. The water poured over my head, though, was not just a symbol. It sealed me as a co-heir beside the person, the God, who saved me. December 19, 1982 was, in a very real sense, my coronation day. So I have no conversion moment, at least according to the typical stories of conversion told throughout the church's history. I'm not Paul, or St. Augustine, or John Newton, or anyone else for that matter. I have no come-to-Jesus moment. I was brought to Jesus by parents who loved Jesus and lived for him, and who were in turn the children of parents who did the same, and who believed that they were compelled to respond to the God who came to us, diapered and squirmy like me on my baptism day, and he came to save us. So, in a sense, I have never known life apart from Jesus. I've never left the church, and I have no story of open rebellion, departure, and return. My story of conversion is a different one. It's a long one, and it's an unfinished one. When I was baptized, the minister outlined that being sealed required a response that was not an option. It was not optional. Receiving a crown means that I'm required to put my trust for life and death in Christ, to deny myself and to take up my cross, and to follow him in obedience and love. 
there is no break from this requirement. There's no day when a crown prince can take off the crown and go about business like an ordinary citizen of the world, so to speak. And I will admit that this has, for almost as long as I can remember, been a burden to me. There have been particular times in my life when I have resented the weight of glory placed upon me. It's not just that I have committed acts of treachery, though Christ knows my record of that would scandalize anyone with the impression that good baptized kids possess a higher moral medal than anyone else. No, it's, it's that there are times when, even in the midst of service in church, or to my family, or to, in my work, a feeling of desire for glory warps and doubles back on itself. I feel what is akin to a deep hatred for my position, which is not that far off from, and, and probably is, quite frankly, a feeling of deep hatred for the king who gave me the position. I'm the son who stayed at home and in service, who quietly and secretly envies the son who ran off. And not just because his father gave him a ring and a robe when he returned, but because I want what he had before he was eating the pig food. That life um, might be marked by denial of self, but it is not one of obedience, and it's certainly not one of love. It is, in a sense, a life marked by a diet of pig food when meat and wine and a loving father wait at home. The story of my life and of my conversion is a son at home, but I am also a prodigal son. But I want to live a life of love and obedience. I want to be like Christ, whose denial was a burden, but one to which, even in the face of pain, he said, not my will be done, but yours. A conversion to a life of love is what I want with all my heart. And it is what, over the course of my crooked life with Christ, in praying with him or with him and to him, and seeing God reveal his character, character to me in Scripture, and in experiencing his presence in the Lord's Supper, and seeing it in the lives of Christians like my father and my mother, and many friends, both present and ancient, I have seen and experienced Christ. It is a conversion that has changed me less in the manner of a fell swoop like St. Paul, and more in the manner of a slow but steady ratchet. Those who know me know that I'm a more bookish than boisterous, and I'm not likely to be featured on any list of spiritual charismatics. But I'd like to share one experience that I've had that I hope will be helpful to you. It was fairly recent, and at a time when I was feeling the heavy burden of my baptism in a particularly visceral way. I should say, this is, as an aside, should be an encouragement to any new Christian or any Christian who worries that their old selves haven't yet disappeared and have a way of reappearing. Transformation and conversion takes time, and I'm grateful that we have a God who's very patient. Anyways, I was sitting in our austere and beautiful church and had come to church frustrated both with the state of my own soul and the state of God's church. How divided, selfish, how failed and impossible it all seemed. I wasn't in a sense of anguish or wasn't feeling anguish, but more a sense of wearied resignation, the type that I always imagined Elijah as experiencing when he was hiding from Ahab. And like Elijah, I heard a voice, very much like a whisper, it was quiet, but it was as clear as a bell. And that voice said, I love you. It was said once, and it was said clearly. It didn't come at any emotional peak in the service. It came in a lull, but it was clear, and it was quiet. 
and that's it. And when I reflect back on my life and I think of its responsibilities of burdens and burdens, when I think of my baptism and the deed of the Christian life as a whole, it is that that I want to share. In the midst of a world plagued and worn by sin, and in the midst of my life which is plagued and worn by the same, the God who made the world, the God who came to us, who died and conquered death by death, loves me. And he loves you. And that's a glory that I can wear with joy, and that I hope you can wear with joy too. Amen. That's Brian Dykema, Program Director for Work and Economics at Cardis and Senior Editor with Comment Magazine. We're going to take a break and step away. We hope you stay with us. Next in our conversion series, Clint Hurdle is with us to share his life, his journey to Christ. We'll be back in just a few. Futures and options trading involves financial risk that is not suitable for all investors. Fire the stockbroker and hire yourself. I'm Scott Bauer, and I've been on the trading floor for 25 years. I traded for Goldman Sachs in the S&P 500 pit and was the first Amazon market maker at the CBOE. I am also the senior market strategist here at Trading Advantage, the leading educational firm teaching people how to become professional traders. Now, for a limited time, I am offering one of the trading techniques used by thousands of our students every day to help build their financial future. Get started right now by calling 1-800-288-0092. Leave your email address on my voicemail, and I'll email you my free trading technique and the Trading Advantage Daily Market Report at no cost to you. Again, 1-800-288-0092. That's one 800 288-0092. Discover Eden Christian Academy and discover an exceptional education where solid academics and authentic faith prepare students to step confidently into the future. See what the largest non-denominational pre-K through 12th grade Christian school in the North Hills has to offer. From Whippeal Athletics to Fine Arts, service activities and more. Eden Christian Academy. Christ-centered, student-focused and mission-true since 1983. Visit EdenChristianAcademy.org. If you're not in the club, you're missing out. Word FM Discount Shopping Club members get up to half off great deals every day, right from your computer or smartphone. Like today, get twice the ice for half the price. Prince Skate Arena at South Point is offering half off public skate punch cards, 10 sessions, just $45. Or half off stick and puck punch cards, 10 sessions, just $50. Prince Skate Arena, family entertainment on ice. Log on now to WordFM.com and look for the Discount Shopping Club link. Clear to partly cloudy for tonight with a low of 36 degrees. Tomorrow, mostly cloudy but mild with periods of rain in the afternoon and evening. The high tomorrow, 48. Lingering clouds later tomorrow night, low 31. And we'll see those clouds giving way to some sunshine for Sunday, a little cooler for the afternoon. High Sunday, 42 degrees. I'm AccuWeather Meteorologist Danielle Niddle on 101.5 Word FM. If I told you my story Clint Hurdle is the manager of the Pittsburgh Pirates. He's a former player in Major League Baseball, and he was the 2013 National League Manager of the Year. Here's Clint's story. My name is Clint Hurdle, and I'm going to share my my story. I grew up in Maryland, Florida. I went to elementary school, junior high. 
in high school in Maryland, Florida, played sports all the way up through high school. I actually played all three sports until my junior year, and then I stayed out of basketball, focused solely on baseball and football. was an All-American in both sports, high school All-American, and it was at a uh, FCA revival that I first felt moved by the message of Jesus Christ. And then basically, I started attending a Southern Baptist church there in First Merritt Island, and it was there at that time um, in my senior year of high school that I gave my, my life to Christ. I committed my life to Christ. And I actually was baptized a short time thereafter and started truly putting my faith and my trust in something other than myself and Jesus Christ. Uh, it was a short-lived journey. I uh, was drafted by the Kansas City Royals in the first round of the 1975 June Free Agent Draft. And I had a choice of going to the University of Miami to play football and baseball on scholarship. I had an option of an academic scholarship at Harvard or to follow my childhood dream of being a professional baseball player. Grew up in a good family. Mom and dad, still alive today. Great parents. Uh, two loving sisters, both younger than me. Really, not a lot of spiritual direction in our house. My folks actually encouraged us to go to church on Sunday more so, I think, so they could get some, some time just to breathe on their own. They were awesome, and they still are today. Followed my heart's desire and chose the path of professional baseball. Truthfully, then it was where I started drinking. And it wasn't in rebellion to anything at home. It was more or less getting probably caught up in the fact that I was away from home and I was the youngest player on a team traveling. Uh, first real taste of failure in a horrible first half of the season. Anyway, I got into a pretty good drinking routine. Then as the years progressed, I started playing better, figured some things out. Got to the major leagues at the ripe old age of 20. 20 years, one month, and 19 days old. Hit a home run on my second major league back. However, you know, the, the commitment to Christ um, kind of fell by the wayside. I started chasing baseballs, uh, chasing a dream. I lacked commitment and discipline in some areas. Um, still a good kid, trying to do the right thing. Uh, I thought things would settle down after fuse the major leagues and uh, asked a high school sweetheart to marry me. She said yes. We had married for two years and played the World Series, made money, bought a home, cars, stuff. Still the dream, still wasn't fulfilled. Her and I, one like, we were, I was selfish. We were always looking for something else. She decided to look for something else career-wise. So marriage split. At the age of 24, I was divorced. Eventually, things didn't work out for me. In Kansas City, I was traded to Cincinnati. Uh, fell in love again. Got married again. Uh, this relationship lasted for nine years. Had a child. Daughter Ashley. Uh, now 32, living in San Francisco. But the same thing. I was in and out of church, in and out of Bible studies. The sad part of my testimony is that saved at 17, I probably used Jesus as an ATM card. I kept classic cases, keep trying to fill that void. 
Nothing on the field, nothing off the field. Trying to find ways to numb myself with the alcohol, make things better. Problems never went away. My second wife and I divorced. After nine years of marriage, went upon my way. Still playing ball. Actually, I retired. I use that term loosely. I didn't retire. People stopped calling. I was in a tough, tough spot. I think I was 30 years old. Still in the big leagues at the time. I played the big leagues in AAA. I think I was beaten down from the game aspect of it. Decided I wanted to try coaching. A coaching lifestyle and a playing lifestyle are two vastly different things. And I think that was part of the fractioning of those. We would have a much different lifestyle than we had previously. That was part of it. Just me not being the best person I could be probably didn't help. I can remember going out alone again at the age of 30. And actually, I moved back in with my folks. I could get my feet on the ground. And really, not changing a lot of things in my life. I would still plug back into church. I would plug back into a, a group, a Bible study here. Um, but the commitment, the selfishness, the surrender was not there. And I became taken with Emily in Williamsport, Pennsylvania, and with Carla June Yerrick. And I can remember I started a relationship and dating her for a number of years. Got to the point where it was all I could do to muster up enough courage. I said, you know what, I married this girl. This will make all the difference. You know, she'll be the magic wand. She'll help me figure everything out. Well, she would, in a very unconventional way. I can remember getting up to ask her to marry me, and she said, that's an interesting question, Clint. That's an interesting answer. That's not the answer I've grown accustomed to. And she goes, well, you know, there's a really good guy that's stuck inside of you that just doesn't get out enough. And you'll never make me happy until you find a way to make yourself happy. And you seem confused about what makes you happy, because I... I know a bunch of different clients, the one that likes to go to church, the one that likes the Bible study, the one that likes to drink, the one that likes to be non-committal, be selfish. So you need to figure out which guy you are and go to work on that and see where that can take you. I had some soul-searching to do when I started. And I went old school. And I realized, you know, most of my challenges were based around the fact that drinking took me places I really didn't want to go, but I kept doing it. So, you know, was there an addiction problem? I needed to get, in, get involved in that. Was there a spiritual disconnection? I basically got to the point where I was at 17 and just said, you know what, God, I can't do this on my own. I'm sorry. Please forgive my sins. I believe in Jesus as, as my Lord and Savior, and they're asking me to come in my heart and create new. Take over control of the tone of my life. Help me to live a life for you. I will be done the rest of my life, not my will. And then I started getting some alcohol counseling. And a combination of a recommitment to Christ and we found person living in my heart in Jesus Christ helped me to do about two years of reframing my life while still dating Carla that truthfully God created a new person 
the extent that after a couple of years of me making better choices, serving others, I can continue to have a, a love for Carla that was significant. I asked her to marry me and she said yes. Kept up a coaching career through the minor leagues, brought up to the major leagues with Colorado. Carla and I married 1999. I've uh, been blessed with a 15-year-old daughter named Madison. Was born with a birth defect. I've uh, been blessed with a 13-year-old son, Christian. Maddie is mainstreaming in school. Christian is in middle school. Maddie's in high school. Also, given the opportunity to go from being a major league coach to a major league manager in two different organizations. Nine years in Colorado after a five-year coaching career. We spent 14 years in Colorado with Maddie. Christian was born. I got involved in a local church, poured into a couple different programs, blessed with a year in Texas as a coach. We went to the World Series in 07. We went to the World Series 07 with the Rockies, 2010 with the Rangers. Was blessed with another opportunity to manage a team in Pittsburgh in 2011 and been here ever since. We have been given an opportunity to grow in grace and unconditional love in service to our daughter. And many others like her, we realized what unconditional love is all about. And my wife and I, our relationship probably has grown in a direction that I'm not so sure it would have grown on our own. And having a child with special needs and all that, the daily schedules to be met, appointments to be met, occupational therapies to be met, and also the dependency upon others to perform tasks that you can't perform. It's been an incredible journey. It's been a true blessing to be able to have the relationship I have with my daughter now, Ashley, the age of 32, and I'm 60. It's never been better, never been closer. My wife and I love each other deeply. We continue to serve Christ and all we say and do. We've got a great support group. God has put so many wonderful people in our lives. In the church, out of the church, in the community, in the neighborhood, my Christian walk is really the obstacle course for many, many years because I continue to find ways to complicate it through the ability of a younger woman to speak truth to me. I'm sure many others have tried along the way. But this message got through. There's a good person in each and every one of us that wants out. But as long as we're trying to drive and manipulate the direction, it won't go very well. Victory in Christ came for me through life at the same time when I just turned things over to him. And daily I do it. Not every week, it's not every month, every day. I need to be I need to be mindful of the fact that I'm here to serve others. What can I do to make others' job easier? How can I be a service to my wife? How can I be a service to my family? Then how can I be a service to those outside to be the best brother, to be the best son, to be the best friend I can be? Truthfully, if I can keep those in place, my day's pretty small. Oh yeah, and I still have the opportunity to go to a ballpark every day and play out in the big green grass backyard and watch people play and have some accountability and responsibility to them. We know that we can be concerned. We know that all things work for good for those who love Christ. I am so grateful for the man that I am becoming since I recommitted my life to Christ nearly 20 years ago, and it seems like the blink of an eye, but I am so fortunate and so thankful. So, amen and amen. That's my story. 
And that's Clint Hurdle, manager of the Pittsburgh Pirates, former player in Major League Baseball, and 2013 National League Manager of the Year. 101.5 WORD. Coming up on Love Worth Finding. The Bible is not primarily a rule book. The Bible is primarily a guidebook. You can find loopholes in laws, but you can't find loopholes in principles. There's a difference. Learn about the fundamentals of your faith with Adrian Rogers as we get back to the basics this month on Love Worth Finding. Tonight at 11 on 101.5 WORD. It's pretty typical to have moisture in your basement, especially in the Pittsburgh area. Energy Swing's Steve Rennekamp on a new way to build a better basement. In conventional basement finishing, people put up two-by-fours, put fiberglass insulation in it, and then put drywall on it and paint it. Every one of those things is organic. It will absorb moisture, and over time, they will start to deteriorate and grow mold. In our total basement systems, there's no organic materials used. There's nothing there that will absorb moisture, and without moisture being absorbed, there's no mold. This is a system that has been used throughout the country for 20 years, so it's got a lot of history, a lot of track record, and we feel very fortunate to be able to handle it in the Pittsburgh area. For most people, their basements are sort of empty space that they're not utilizing. This allows you to use that space productively, and it's a great-looking system when it's done. Right now, get 20% off your new finished basement with Energy Swing's Total Basement Finishing System. Visit EnergySwingWindows.com. It's a new year and a big year here at Calusi Chevrolet because we're entering our 100th year in business. Hi, this is Tun Shilkin from my friends at Calusi. How does any business last that long? Well, I've been buying cars at Calusi for over 30 years now, and I recommend them because, number one, you can trust them. Number two, they make the car buying process easy. And number three, they make you feel like part of the family. They're easy to find online at Calusi.com. Chevrolet, find new roads. Business is booming, and so is Christian Business Partners, where you'll find allies who share your values as you seek to serve God in and through your daily work. Now with seven chapters throughout the region, including new groups in Monroeville and Ambridge, Find weekly encouragement from 8.15 to 9.30 a.m. as you enjoy prayer and Bible study, fellowship, trade referrals, and make friends. Find your Christian business partners at cbp316.com. Fire the stockbroker and hire yourself. I'm Larry Levin, and I've been on the trading floor for 23 years. I was one of the biggest traders in the S&P pit. I'm also the president of Trading Advantage, a leading educational firm teaching people how to become professional day traders. Now, for a limited time, I'm offering one of the trading techniques I use to make $1.9 million for free. Get started right now by calling 800-288-0092. Leave your email address on my voicemail, and I'll email you my free trading technique and my daily insider market report at no cost to you. This is the very information I use to build my fortune. I was getting ready to retire. I still needed to make extra income, but I didn't want to work for anyone else. Because of Larry and his excellent instructors, I could trade successfully for myself, and I'll never have to work for someone else again. Fire the stockbroker and hire the most dependable person you know, you. Again, call in the next 90 minutes and leave your email address on my voicemail. Call 800-288-0092. That's 800-288-0092. When
Frederica Matthews Green is a journalist and a commentator. She's written for the Washington Post, for Christianity Today, the LA Times, First Things, Books and Culture, Sojourners, the Wall Street Journal. She's the author of The Jesus Prayer, the ancient desert prayer that tunes the heart to God, and the newer book, Welcome to the Orthodox Church, an introduction to Eastern Christianity. And here is Frederica's story. My story's um, maybe a little different from most people in that I was I was raised in a Roman Catholic home, but it wasn't very pious, you know. We didn't we didn't really pray at the dinner table or anything. When I was in my early teens, I completely rejected Christian faith. In fact, I was very angry about it. I felt like Christian faith was just stupid and childish, and I felt embarrassed that I'd ever been fooled into believing it, so to speak. So I went through high school, I went through college as a, hmm, I don't know if I was really an atheist. Um, Over time, I became more and more of a spiritual seeker. But I believed that, um, that God was sort of the energy force, the life force of the world and that different religions turned it into people in order to have a person to worship. That was my explanation of Christianity. So I was pretty content, you know, visiting a lot of different uh, religions and learning a little bit of this kind of Buddhism or Hare Krishna or one, one thing or another. Finally, right after I finished college, right after my graduation, I got married, and we were married out in the woods. It was a a classic hippie wedding. And I read a Hindu prayer at my wedding. So I think you can kind of picture where I'm coming from. And now, move just a month forward. June 20th, 1976. My husband and I are in uh, Europe, we're hitchhiking around, we're seeing all the sights. And on that day, that Tuesday afternoon, I walked into a Catholic church, just sort of to look at the, the art and the architecture and so forth. And as I walked up toward the big altar at the back of the church, there was a smaller altar to the side on the right. There was a statue of Jesus, a white marble statue. So I went over, and I was looking at the statue like it was a, a, a piece of art, like it was in an art museum, and looking at it kind of critically and, you know, trying to see whether they had to carve the fingers very carefully. And while I was standing there just looking at it, I don't know how it happened, but I realized that I had fallen to my knees and I could hear a voice speaking to me. Not with my ears, it was inside. It was like there was a radio in my heart that I had never known was there and suddenly it clicked on and this voice was filling my mind and filling my awareness. The voice said, I am your life. said, you think that your life 
is your name and your personality and your history, but that is not your life. I am your life. And then it said, you think that your life is that you participate in the life force and the energy of the world, but that is not your life. Even that is not your life. I am your life. I am the foundation of everything else in your life. And so I, I stood up. I felt scared. I felt really shaky. I couldn't even tell my husband about it for a week. I couldn't put it in the words. Finally, we were hitchhiking in the south of Ireland by that point, and I, I told him the whole story. I just kind of trembled it out, and he said, it'll pass. So he's been a pastor for 40 years now. It didn't pass, obviously. It just got deeper and more wonderful. For me, that is the crux of Christian faith, is knowing Jesus Christ as a person, as a person who is so full of love, so full of beauty, that, that he draws you forward almost helplessly. In that moment when I heard his voice, and what a blessing that I didn't know at that point about the I am statements in Scripture, how the Lord says, I am the good shepherd, I am the door of the sheep, I am the way, the truth, the life. He said to me, he said, I am your life. I felt so overwhelmingly drawn to him that it's a hunger that has never, never been satisfied, never, never stopped all my life. To know Jesus Christ as a person and as, as love personified. It's the most beautiful experience that this life is capable of. And I always want to find a way to talk about that and invite people to seek him, to seek him out. I was running away. If you're seeking him, it's a little bit easier to call to him, to speak to him, and to invite him into your life so you can know him in all his beauty and his love. And he can become your permanent everyday companion as he has become for me. That was Frederica Matthews Green, journalist and commentator. And lastly, we want to introduce you to Greg Clugston. Greg is a White House correspondent for the Salem Radio Network News. Here is Greg's story. Hi, I'm Greg Clugston. I was raised in a Christian home by parents who faithfully shared their understanding and love of Christ. And they were committed to consistently attending and serving in our local church. And my mom and dad's lives embodied generosity and God's love. I've heard that scenario described by others as being born into grace. Well, with parents as role models and being exposed to the Bible at an early age and having contact with godly grandparents and nurturing adults at church, I accepted Christ at a pretty early age. Later in high school, I rededicated my life as I learned more about what it was to really follow Christ. And no matter what our upbringing, I believe each of us must decide what to do with Christ, his life, his death, his resurrection. 
For the past 21 years, I've been a White House correspondent in Washington, D.C. But as I look at it, my significance in life doesn't come from what I do or where I work. It comes through living a life of integrity, through living a life rooted in Christ. I didn't necessarily know it at the time, but God opened doors and placed people in my path at several key intersections of life. I pursued those opportunities, and it's clear to me now, looking back, that God was working behind the scenes, guiding my path. I was in the eighth grade when I knew exactly what I wanted to do for a career. I wanted to work in radio. I probably didn't think about it much in junior high, but God had a plan for my life. Of course, he has plans for each of us. And God gives us each different skills, personalities, and dreams. Looking back, he allowed me to pursue a vocation in the communication field. And I can say with confidence that my broadcasting journey has God's fingerprints all over it. And here's an example of that. It was in the fall of my senior year of college that I attended a semester program in Washington, D.C., and it was during that semester I lived on Capitol Hill studying with other students, and the big highlight for me was interning at a radio news network that semester. It was a small newsroom run by a former White House correspondent for Mutual Broadcasting. He was a humble Christian man with outstanding journalistic credentials, and his name was Forrest Boyd. Forrest was an enormous influence on me at a time when I was grappling with how best to pursue my dream of broadcasting. And he showed me how it was possible to participate in the secular news arena, yet still be involved in ministry. His professional passion was to provide a network news service to a Christian radio audience. And the idea was not to report religious news exclusively, but to give religious-oriented stories their proper place among the day's headlines. And he was the first to do this in the country. He was a true radio pioneer in that respect. And he showed me that semester firsthand how to do your job well without compromising your commitment to Christ. It was several years later that Forrest offered me a job, and I moved to Washington and have been in D.C. ever since. And 30 years after first meeting him, I now am reporting from the White House in a job that he held for another network back in the 1960s and 70s. That's just one example of God's faithfulness. And over the years, I've been challenged by a passage in 1 Peter 2. It says, live such good lives that even though the world accuses you of doing wrong, they will see your good deeds and glorify God. And I'm really struck by that phrase, live such good lives. I looked up some of uh, translations of that phrase. Keep conduct honorable. Be honest in your conversation. Keep your behavior excellent. Live an exemplary life. That's a real challenge to me. And when we focus on the right goals and do what's important and meaningful, and we do live a life that honors God, I think we'll find significance. That kind of life may not be viewed as successful in the eyes of the world, but it will be viewed as significant in the eyes of the Lord. And we need to use him, not the world around us, as our compass in life. For me, significance is not wrapped up in a job title. Reporting from the White House is what I do. It's not who I am. For me, true significance, it's achieved in a lot of different ways, through my relationship with God, loving my family, pointing my children toward Christ, 
showing respect for my coworkers, being there for the middle school boys in my church youth group, and serving and helping others in a lot of other ways. And it happens on a personal level in countless ways as well. Our faith, our lives will affect others, and I'm just like anybody else that has a circle of influence. Throughout my life, I've discovered a God who is bigger than I can comprehend, a God who has created us with special talents to serve him and to help others. I've discovered a gracious God who forgives me, a God who is faithful, and in turn, I've been challenged to live a life of faithfulness to him. That's Greg Clugston, White House correspondent for Salem Radio Network News. And so there it is. That's the conclusion of our series. All these different voices, all these stories, all thing in common is that Christ is in the center of our lives. I love hearing these. The different people, all the different lives, the different cultures, the age groups, the professions. It's just been a wonderful, weird, wild mix of God in the center. Shalom. This is Abraham from Rock of Ages Messianic Jewish Congregation. Do you need more strength to deal with the stuff you face each day? Join us on Saturday, February 3rd for our Messianic Jewish Worship Service. Experience joyful Jewish worship of Jesus. Learn how to walk in the strength that comes from the joy of the Lord. Bagels and coffee at 9.30. Service at 10.30 a.m. More info at rockofagesmjc.org. That's rockofagesmjc.org. Forever My Girl is a modern-day prodigal son story. Country music star Liam Page never got over Josie, his one true love he left at the altar. But when he returns to his hometown years later, he's faced with the consequences of all he left behind. Why'd you leave my mama? I was young. I got lost. But you find your way back now, right? Find your way back home in the film NBC Raves will make you laugh, cry, and fall in love. Forever My Girl. Rated PG. Parental guidance suggested. Now playing. Hey everybody, I'm Eric Church. Asking you to join me in the fight against leukemia, cancer, and AIDS through the T.J. Martell Foundation. Your support helps facilitate cutting-edge research that will lead to more effective treatments and save more lives. Visit tjmartell.org to learn about music's promise for a cure. If I told you my story, you would hear hope. They wouldn't let go. And if I told you my story, Thank you so much for being a part of our conversion series that we've aired this week. And, you know, we've heard from a lot of you. We'd love to hear from more of you. So please get in touch with us. You know, you can find us on Twitter or Facebook um, direct by direct message or by a post on our page. You can get in touch with us uh, on our website, johnandkathyshow.com, or contact us through email. Um, but it's just been a privilege for us to collate these stories, to hear them. Um, I got to give a great shout out to New Mike, who produced every one of these and spent countless hours um, helping the stories to come alive for all of us. Okay. And and the good news of all of all of this is that this isn't the only time. So if you missed portions of these or you you heard one and you want to hear it again, it's all going to live on our website, johnandkathyshow.com. dot com. Yep, and, and myself, even though we were part of the series, there are more than several that I want to go back to and listen right. to and, again. And there are more there are more than several on our website. 
website than we were able to even to air on the show because there was only so much time. Yeah. But it's so cool. So thanks an awful lot. Like Cass said, you want to go back and check it out? Please do. Because some of the things that were said were like so beautiful or so profound yeah. or so quirky. You think, did I really hear that right? Mm-hmm. I found myself you know, right. being a true Presbyterian again. taking notes as I went along. Right. But right. I want to do that again. Hey, as well, and, and you know, now that we have new Mike, Mike's been a great addition to our show. We're going to go on a hunt, and we'll do more of these series. So mm-hmm. your interaction with that as we produce – and create other things. What would you like to hear about? What are things that interest you in your in your spiritual life that you think, yeah, that's worthy of five days of programming? Mm-hmm. How can we right. dig deeper to bring more God-like quality to you? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'd love to hear the things that you care about. Um, and we hope that our uh, associations on social media are, you know, making you more comfortable with us and that you would be willing to come alongside us and say, Hey, you know, you should think about this or you should consider doing a series on this or why don't you look more deeply into this? And uh, we want to hear that. Very much so. Okay, so Kath, uh, Friday's upon us. The sun is set. What's uh, what yeah. your weekend plans? Um, I'm going to uh, swim meet tomorrow. Oh, yeah, my daughter's a swimmer at and Grove City so, College. Yes, and so I will have my Grove City colors on, and I will cheer prodigiously. Okay, so how do you do that? Because you described going into the swim meet as being somewhat hot and humid. It's very hot. Mm-hmm. Which is wonderful if you are some person who hates winter, just it'll cure you by going into swim meet because you'll be so hot, you'll be begging to go out at the end. All right. Yeah. Okay, well, go Grove City. Go Grove Win City. Win swim meet. Hey, uh, thanks for being with us, of course, and uh, part of our community here, our radio family. So on Monday, we'll, uh, we'll reset the clock. Yes, we will. And we'll uh, be with you once again, God willing. Have yourself a great, a relaxing, good and holy weekend. Thanks for being along. The Ride Home with John and Kathy, a production of Word FM and Salem Communications. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.